Jody Vance in for Jill Bennett. We were hoping to have a press briefing that was announced earlier this morning from Health Minister Adrian Dix on workplace safety for nurses and healthcare workers. Uh, that was postponed, but the issue remains. And we had invited our next guest to join us, and we decided to continue with this conversation as it is really an important one. Michael Sandler is a nurse and CEO at Nurses and Nurse Practitioners of British Columbia. Always glad to have a conversation with you, Michael. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me, Joni. It's always a pleasure to be on. So obviously, we've all witnessed healthcare workers and nurses in particular um, suffering from unbelievable pushback uh, from ugly rhetoric of anti-science, anti-vax, protesters, what have you. Workplace safety has never been more of an issue, I'm assuming, for your line of work. Yeah, I mean, workplace safety has always been uh, deeply uh, unsettling and upsetting uh, for healthcare workers. Uh, obviously, nurses make up the largest portion of healthcare providers uh, in the province, and so we make up the largest portions of uh, a portion of individuals who are impacted by violence in the workplace. What would help? What would what would be the first domino you would push over if you had the conch, if you will? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> The the data is unanimous in its condemnation of the problem. 61% of nurses reported uh, that they had seen or had direct problems with violence in the workplace over the last 12 months. Uh, those numbers are three times higher than the RCMP and um, correction services combined. Uh, and so, you know, if I had uh, the ear of the minister and we had the opportunity to discuss solutions to the problem, uh, I think we would start with a zero tolerance policy on any type of workplace violence, uh, regardless of the healthcare designation that's at uh, the sharp end of it. Uh, better, better health, uh, better mental health uh, and physical health supports uh, for uh, nurses in particular. Uh, clear policies uh, and action plans in the event that there is a violent incident. Uh, how to manage it, how to uh, manage the aftermath of it, and what the next steps will be. Uh, adequate training for dealing with violence in healthcare situations. Um, systems to flag potential violence in certain situations uh, that is more robust than the current system that we have in place. Establishment of workplace committees that uh, speak specifically to violence. And although those do exist, they need to be run by nurses uh, because nurses make up the largest portion of uh, healthcare providers that are impacted by this. Uh, and obviously, the opportunity to have meaningful, impactful outcomes from those committees. It's one thing to sit down and talk about violence, it's another thing to be able to implement the solutions that are coming forth from those conversations. Can you go back to the stat you gave off the top that you said is three times more than police? Uh, the RCMP and RCMP. Uh, correction services combined. Wow. And what's yeah. the number? Like uh, 61% of nurses report uh, problems with violence, either directly uh, impacted uh, or uh, in uh, close proximity to. 61%. I mean, that's a, that's that's a huge number of individuals who are experiencing violence in the workplace. And remembering that we, we don't have any of the tools that anyone who works in public safety has in terms of the opportunities to protect ourselves. We tend to be in very vulnerable situations, especially when we're dealing with uh, individuals who are experiencing the uh, consequences of a collapsing healthcare system. The level of frustration is rising. The level of uh, concern is rising. People are waiting longer for care. They're uncomfortable. They're in pain. All of these things lead to people lashing out 
And so there, we need to take uh, serious steps to address this because it is becoming, or it's not becoming, it is a concern that is getting worse. It's, it's all but untenable. I mean, this was a conversation that you and I were having before the pandemic. We were talking yes. about the, the wellness of nurses and the overworked, uh, underpaid and, and, you know, overtime that's not, uh, hey, you want to work some overtime? It was just, you're working. You can't leave. You got to keep going. You got to, you know, stay on this treadmill. Yeah, I mean, nursing is the glue that holds the system together. The knowledge, skills, and abilities that nursing brings, the, the expert uh, the expert abilities that they bring to the system is the reason that the system continues to move forward. Right. And so there is and no ability. There's no, there's no flex in the system anymore. So you can't take that piece away. There's nothing left to take away. If you take that last piece away, then the, then the whole system collapses. And we're, we're starting to see the consequences of that. We're seeing uh, services shuttered or closed. We're seeing entire departments put on diversion. We're seeing emergency departments in rural and remote British Columbia be closed for weekends or days at a time. There are consequences to not addressing uh, the issues associated uh, with ensuring that the nursing workforce has the tools that it needs to do the job. We're with Michael Sandler, nurse and CEO at Nurses and Nurse Practitioners of BC. And Michael, all of us are talking about while it's, you know, ridiculously warm outside, it still feels like summer as it shouldn't. But in an, in just a few days, in a handful of days, it's hopefully going to get rainy and then it's going to get darker. And then we're all going inside and we're all closing our windows and we're going to gather indoors and flu and COVID and all of that's going to happen. How are nurses going to be able to, or the healthcare system in general, but certainly, as you said, your front, front line of front line is your nurse and your nurse practitioner, uh, bracing themselves for what might be ahead? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we're very hopeful uh, that the conversations that are happening uh, in the human resources uh, realm will be uh, beneficial to ensuring that nurses uh, have the tools that they need in their toolkit to be able to address these concerns. Uh, We're also hopeful that um, there will be uh, announcements uh, in the forthcoming uh, health human resources strategy being released by the Ministry of Health that will uh, speak to the needs of nurses and ensure, again, that we have the resources uh, to implement our knowledge and skills and abilities at the point of care for our patients or for the patients we work with. Uh, and then I think the last thing is that, you know, we're really looking for the, for uh, our colleagues and the public to understand that this has been a very long 24 months. And uh, we also require the opportunity for some self-care. And yeah. so, you know, the association works really diligently to be able to provide services like mental health and wellness support, you know, access to continuing education, the opportunities uh, to be engaged in the conversation but we'll mm-hmm. also need to see a commitment from ministry around ensuring that nursing leadership is well positioned to be able to implement the solutions that work for nursing and that we are being listened to around solutions that will help with this crisis. And so we're hopeful that all of those things will coalesce together uh, and provide a stable scaffold for nursing moving forward. Let's leave it there, Michael. Thank you so much. Eloquently said and articulated in a way that we hope is, is being heard by the powers that be. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be on your show. Take care.